Hello and welcome to the Catholic Duluth Show. The Catholic Duluth Show is a parish community podcast serving the parishes of St. Lawrence and Holy Family in Duluth, Minnesota. Thank you for joining us today. My name is Daniel Rota, and with me I have Father Eli Gieske. How are you doing today, Father? Good. Good to be on the show once again. Yeah, thank you for, uh, thank you for being here with us. It's always good to have you. Um, and today we are going to be talking about uh, discipleship. We talked about it last week. We're kind of continuing on our theme um, and today, but maybe maybe get into like the little practicals of what what does that mean? What does this discipleship discipleship mean for us, and how do we actually live that out? How do we how do we do that? Maybe maybe strip away some of the like uh, the fog or something like that. Um, but before we get into that, um, is there anything going on this week? That we need to any anything that we need to know about? Well, nothing too exciting. I guess we have a couple of funerals on Friday. We have Lent coming up, so we have um, extra adoration because we're doing adoration through the night from Tuesday to Wednesday during Lent here at St. Lawrence. Regular time down in Holy Family, so there's a few extra slots I think open, and they have signups in the entryway. I think as you're going into the church at St. Lawrence. And I believe Holy Family, they have sign-ups down oh, yeah, there, too. Oh, yeah, I think they've got sign-ups down there, too, as well, yeah. So that is coming up. Um, yeah, we're getting ready for Lent. Yeah, it's coming up soon. We've got, like, two, two, three weeks? Two yeah, weeks? the 17th, and today is the 3rd. So, yeah, you got yeah, exactly yeah. Two, two weeks. Two weeks from today. Mm-hmm. So. Let's buckle up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Co- yeah. COVID Lent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, COVID Lent. Yeah, the the the, the second round the two sprinkling of ashes. Yeah, the sprinkling of ashes this year. We haven't quite determined exactly how that's going to happen, but we've been directed that it's to be sprinkled, not to be smothered on your face. So yeah, so sprinkled on the top of the head. So yeah, we'll we'll have some directives about that as we get closer. But yeah, be be prepared for exciting new developments. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure everyone's on their ad- the edge of their seat. Yeah. <laughs> will they use the salt shaker? It's been suggested, so we'll see. People will see. <laughs> uh, uh, well, Father, will you open us in a prayer? Sure. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, we, as we gather today, we ask your blessing on our discussion. Pray for all our parishioners out there who want to know you more, who want to serve you more, who want to grow in their relationship with you and the church. Um, we ask you to help us to find avenues by which we might grow in discipleship and also that we may invite others to discipleship, that we, we could become a parish uh, that really invites people into this relationship with Christ in a very personal way and, all, and, and, and lives it out in, in a community of, of faith. And we ask our Mother to intercede for us. Hail Mary. Full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. Um, so, yes, today, uh, piggybacking off of last week discussing discipleship and uh, and being a disciple, what is that? Um I think I'd just like to start off with um, kind of pr- prompting you with um, 
like when, when, when we talk about discipleship or being a disciple, I think a lot of times, uh, especially like just within the church, we have these really great words or um, just things within, within the church, but they be kind of become buzzwords. Mm-hmm. And to a certain extent, I kind of feel like disciple or discipleship is, has become that yeah. for, which, I mean, normally it's out of like, you know, if it's something that we're really trying to work on, mm-hmm. We'll use the word a lot, but then it can sometimes either get misused or used too much and to a point where someone's like, I don't, like... What does y- it mean? Y- you keep saying that word. <laughs> you keep using that word. <laughs> I don't think you know what it means. Yeah. Yes, yeah, for, precisely. So just, just like, uh, yeah, just kind of become buzzwords. And like, like uh, I was a, a business major, and a lot of the time, like, I remember one class in college, and this... One of my pr- professors was like, if you, if any of you word the, use the word synergy in a pr- presentation, automatic fail. Because it was kind of like a buzzword in business at the time where it's like, you know, synergy. And it's like, nobody knows what that word means. <laughs> it doesn't really have a meaning, but you just keep saying it. Um, and that's kind of, I think, w- what is the effect of like having buzzwords or something like that. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I, I guess I don't know if you've kind of experienced that within the church and maybe with... yeah. Discipleship, new evangelization. Yeah, yeah. Some of these phrases have have uh, been thrown around so much that yeah, they, in in so many different contexts that it can be kind of hard to pin down what are we actually saying when we use that. There's a uh, one of the professors I had for I think on preaching or something. He said, uh, "Don't use church speak. You know, uh, use words that people can understand." Um, or else you have to explain church speak terms and discipleship to a non-believer, to someone who's potentially a disciple that we want to reach out to might be one of those kind of words where it's like, I've heard that word, but what, what are you getting at? You know, so mm-hmm. yeah, and there's probably many of those kind of phrases out there. Yeah. So I think to kind of, uh, and you you were talking about this during your homily two weeks ago that you kind of just defined disciple on just a very kind of basic kind of terminology is just a follower mm-hmm. of something or like a, a student, student yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, when we learn like a discipline, right? That's yeah. kind of... It's the same root word. Uh, yeah. 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 And so, um, and I, I think when we just like think of it like that, it kind of makes it easier. And, mm-hmm. that, and sometimes just, yeah, when we use church speaker, um, things can just get overcomplicated. All right. Uh, and I think that's, kind of a detriment to what we're trying to do because right. in reality being a disciple is it's a simple idea not as not maybe simple in practice right. but a simple idea Sim- simple concept that shouldn't be too hard like yeah to be a disciple just basically means i've i follow jesus my life is about following jesus so if you think of the 12 apostles and then those who were also disciples. So initially the apostles were disciples. They were just following Jesus. Like, what was their life about when they were being disciples? It was like, here's this guy. We're learning about him and we're learning from him. We're living with him. We're, like, walking around doing the things that he does and helping in every way, in any way that we can. So, you know, somewhat it's a little bit more challenging for us to kind of imagine what is it like to be a follower of Jesus today because we're not just following one guy around right like we don't have our local Jesus here on the sea of uh, 
superior that we just keep going across the the sea from one side to the other and preaching to different people like so for us it, it's a little bit more like i'm a mother i'm a father i'm a businessman i'm i'm a priest i'm a whatever what does it look like for me to be a disciple how do i do that in in, in my vocation and that's kind of why i paired vocation with discipleship is they go much very much together um, but it's sometimes hard to know what does it look like for me to be a disciple and i think for most of us we are kind of rooted in one place we have a home or a place where we live and a place where we work and so we don't have the freedom just to be like okay i'm gonna follow so-and-so around and just whatever do what they do we our discipleship is going to look different it's going to be more localized it's going to be more um kind of just everyday things you know so being a disciple of jesus i think for most of us means that i have my life has a pattern of you know being engaged with jesus throughout the day so that i'm praying i'm hopefully i'm going to mass on on the weekend if not during the week if i can um hopefully i'm growing in understanding of the scriptures by reading them or or during doing spiritual reading or really just hungering even that might even be a, a more because we can we can reduce the discipleship to the things that we do which mm-hmm. there's a lot of things we can do as as catholics to grow in our faith but at the end of the day it's like i want to know jesus more that's what it is to be a disciple i want i want to have more not just knowledge of jesus but more experiences of jesus in my life and so i'm seeking him out i'm looking for opportunities to be with jesus um that might be a more simple way to put it than all the things that we do right because there's lots of things we could do if i want to know jesus if i want to be with jesus how do i do that well adoration i can go to adoration i could be with jesus i could be with jesus in the scriptures i could be with jesus at mass i could be with jesus with friends who are meeting to talk about a book they read or pray the rosary or you know there's tons of ways we can come to know jesus but at the end of the day if i'm a disciple I'm like hungering and looking for those opportunities and I'm making use of them. Um, a disciple is someone I would say who's propelled from the inside to look for Jesus and to be with Jesus rather than kind of being dragged there. So um, an obligation might get some people to come to church or do certain things, um, but it's not, if, if I speak of the obligation that I'm, I'm a Christian and that's my obligation is to go to mass and my obligation is to pray and my obligation is to you know, follow the Ten Commandments. Like, okay, on a base level, that that's why the obligation is there, to help you take that step. But at the end of the day, what, what a disciple is, is someone who's motivated from within. They have this hunger and this desire. They've met Jesus. They've encountered him. That's another buzzword, encounter. Uh, I've encountered Jesus, so I, I've, I've run into him, and he's made an impression on me enough that I, I'm, like, looking for him now in my life. And so... To, to carry that out, to live that out, is going to look very different again for each one of us, depending on where we are, how, how much, you know, how rooted we are in, in our faith already. You know, sometimes we have a lot of kindling, if you think of it in, in, a, in terms of fire, we have a lot of kindling stacked up and it's just waiting for the spark. And then once the spark go, it, it goes. Or there might not be a lot of fuel for the fire. So we've got a little pile here, but I need to keep adding fire fuel to the fire and so depending on 
what our life has been up to this point of encounter with Jesus, where we start to seek him out and we come, become self-motivated to desire Jesus and find him, um, yeah, again, our life is going to lead us down a different path. So I don't know if that makes sense. but Yeah, yeah, and I think that aligns with some of the, um, with this, so I have a paragraph here from the Catechism. Um, it's paragraph 1816. Mm-hmm. And it just says, the disciple of Christ must not only keep the faith and live it, but also profess it, um, confidently bear witness to it and spread it. And then um, in quotations, I'm not sure what this is from, but all, however, must be prepared to confess Christ before men and to follow him along the way of the cross amidst the persecutions which the church never lacks. So it says service and witness to the faith are necessary for salvation. Hmm. So that sounds like a Lumen Gentium quote or something. Some of the Vatican II documents. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't. Um, I I wrote down the quote, but I didn't look where it was from. So hmm. um, yeah, that's another hmm. important aspect that you uh, highlighted there in in that quote from the Catechism is it's not just for me, right? I have a disciple. I'm a disciple, and so I have a hunger to know Jesus for myself. I, I have a personal interest in Jesus. But it becomes so interesting and so desirable, and I have a passion in it, and I have grown in love for for God and for others that I want to share this with other people. I would say that's kind of like the the apostle side of things. Like disciple is if I'm following Jesus, and eventually I'm sent, which is to be an apostle. So there's big A apostle, which would be um, like a bishop. So they are our official apostles in that in that sense. But all of us have an apostolic mandate, um, and we talked about that two weeks ago at the homily, the the um, Great Commission. All of us are being sent to go and proclaim, to make disciples, and so we all share in that. So spreading the gospel, uh, helping others c- come to know Jesus, witnessing our faith, that is a very apostolic aspect of discipleship. Yeah, I think it, it's, you know, good thinking about that too because that's again we talked about last week but the mission of the church is to make disciples mm-hmm. and so to make followers of jesus right. of ourselves and of, of others right yeah. that is the purpose for which the church exists and why jesus came down and i think it's like to be it's like yes one is like salvation of souls but at the same but if you're a disciple then like salvation is a part of that right yeah, right yeah and i think too there's um, so there's stages that we go through and um, so the, the distinguishing between a disciple and an apostle apostle ascent they're kind of like ready to do the mission I think of a disciple as more someone who's still kind of being formed I think at a certain point you can say a disciple is, is also an apostle they're, they're kind of working in their apostolic work or whatever they, they're, a disciple is just I'm a follower of Jesus but at a certain point, you become more advanced in your discipleship. You become more um, ready to witness, ready to proclaim, ready to do the work of inviting others to Christ. And sometimes people get stuck in that more that... So there's... What's the, what's the distinction I'm trying to make here? Um, there's like the passive phase where I'm receiving, where I'm being built up, I'm receiving formation... And then there's the active phase where I'm going out and I'm actually taking ownership and, and taking uh, initiative to go and 
invite people to Christ, to, to grow, encouraging others. I become a leader in a sense. And I think it's important to, to have that distinction because I think there's a lot of Catholics who have a hunger to know things about the faith. They're interested in growing and knowledge, but they don't necessarily have a desire to go out and bring others to Christ in a very specific way. They aren't looking for active ways to to bring others to Christ. They might think of it like say, oh, I want to bring my friend to this event. I mean, that's, that is a an invitation you're extending. That's a, that's an apostolic thing. You're, you're inviting somebody to Christ, but they don't uh, necessarily look for. I they don't see themselves as like I'm a missionary for the church. I'm meant to go out and bring others to Christ. They don't necessarily see it that way. And so it's kind of a fine distinction, I would say. But I think it's very important that we don't just spend our whole lives just receiving and receiving and receiving and receiving. Like I'm being formed, I'm being strengthened, I'm I'm growing, growing in knowledge, but eventually all of that is meant to pour out and be given and shared with others. And if we never take that step, that sort of apostolic or missionary or you know proclaiming the gospel, witnessing the gospel, if that never happens for us, then we kind of we've been um, built up for no reason. It's kind of like what would be an example. Um, a business, or you could think of like the army. You train all these people, like if you pr- train a platoon or a regiment of like tank guys, guys that drive tanks, and you train them and train them and train them, great. Now they're all trained, but if they never, uh, if they never go out and do anything, like what was all that training for? Or you could think of it as in a business or whatever. Like I've you have that initial phase where you're getting trained in to do something. Like if you work at a grocery store, I had to get trained in as a cashier. Like once you know how to make, run the machine, you pretty much can do the thing, right? So it's not that long of a training process. But some of these things might take longer. Like if I'm a manager or I'm a, um, you know, someone who's kind of deciding what products we're going to buy, you know, some of these kind of things could take longer to be trained in. But if I'm only ever being trained and never actually do it, then what good is all that training? You know, to what purpose have, have I been trained? I'm more of a drain on, on the business than I am assisting the business, an asset of the business. And we don't necessarily look at that way in the church. We don't say like, oh, you're a drain on the church. You never add anything. Yeah. But, yeah. but there is a sense of like, am I participating to my fullest or am I merely self-seeking in all of my inter- interactions with the church? I mean, I would say sometimes I feel that way with people who come to the church, they want to get their child baptized, they want to get married in the church, but they've no intention and haven't had intention for a long time of really living as a, as a Catholic, a practicing Catholic, and it's kind of like, why are you doing this? What, uh, in a certain sense, I can see why you're doing it, but it's a lot of work to get you prepared, and then you're not going to do anything with it. Uh, you know, why? Why are you looking to do that? You know, so it is interesting. Um, sometimes we can be too critical, and we have to trust that God is at work. But there should be a sense of that I have a hunger, not just to be satisfied and filled myself, but I have a hunger and desire to go out and proclaim and to, to bring other people to Christ. And again, that's going to look different for some of us. Some people are very outgoing, and they have a charism to invite others, and others, maybe it's going to be much simpler in how they do that. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I... I agree, and I think it's it's part of our own kind of 
discipleship of like journey of being formed that we kind of find that, mm-hmm. you know, I think like even just he, like here in our local church, like you see, you know, Father Mike Schmitz and he's doing all his, all this, yeah. like his stuff just at the Newman Center and yeah. like working with the college kids and, um, and then he has, you know, a bunch of stuff that he does online mm-hmm. and Central press and all that stuff, the, the Bible thing. Yeah. 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 And he, you know, he's doing a lot of stuff, but that's kind of within his wheelhouse. That's, you know, mm-hmm. uh, like, yes, he has probably gotten certain graces to be able to, to be able to do that, but that's kind of where his skill set yeah. is. Yeah. And then, um, then get the schmucks like me that are just like, <laughs> put them in the parish, let them, let them do their thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but I I think like at the same time, and I, I I think you know Father Mike would probably say that too. But like he's he doesn't really know how to be a priest in a parish. You right, know, he, right. I think for like yeah. a couple his first couple of years. But yeah. it's like if you you know pick him up and put him in a parish, and you pick just some random priest yeah. up and put him in in the yeah. college campus, it's like they'd be like, I have no idea what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. <laughs> and which doesn't mean that that you can't learn right, right. Um, what and you can't adapt right. your style but there's certain um there's certain people who are going to be able to reach certain people yeah yeah um, just because of their their skills their just like interests just just as like a human yeah. you know right. no i i um deacon john always talks about having people on the bus but then having them in the right seat right and then oh, yeah. uses yeah so that's kind of like that idea like father mike is a great evangelist he's a good speaker he's a uh he's very good at like kind of helping people, especially young people kind of work through their, um, their, their lives and try to, you know, call them on to the discipleship and, and taking their faith seriously. That's one of his gifts and talents is, so why would, why wouldn't we make use of that? You know, um, the Holy Spirit does invite everybody to take part in the church in particular ways. And some of them are going to be very out front in the open and others are going to be very hidden and very uh, unnoticed and many times thankless. And, um, you know, God bless Father Mike. I, I, I don't think I could do what he does. I, I wouldn't desire to do what he does. Um, it's just too much go, go, go here, there, everywhere. Like, I like being in one place, investing in this, this particular group of people over years. And, I mean, in my, in my short time as a priest, like, that's what I enjoy is... Um, investing in in this group of people rather than trying to uh, you know worry about everybody out there so um, i mean to a certain extent extent we're all, we're all called to be with whoever we're, whoever god presents to us but um yeah we all def- definitely have different calls and and to be okay with that and recognize you know i think it's the reading coming up for this weekend is saint paul says i became uh, how does he put it something to all people i became this to them and i became this to them so basically yeah. i became all things to all people yeah something in like hope that. to save some yeah exactly yeah or that that's some maybe yeah yeah so in some sense yeah that's going to be our experience we're not going to be able to reach everybody we're not made to um to touch everybody's lives in the same depth or whatever but there are p- people that God has put in our life that we are called to evangelize, disciple, maybe even. Maybe that's something we could talk a little bit about, too, is how do you disciple somebody? Yeah, 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 because it's one thing, like you said, to become a disciple yourself, to become a follower. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And um, I, I guess even be kind of before we get there, maybe we should talk about, because like, yes, we can become followers of Jesus and we can, we to a certain, like to a certain extent, we can do that on our own. Mm -hmm. You know, if we're, if it's like just us and we're going to mass, like, yeah, we um, can learn from the priest and we can learn from just kind of seeing people and how they act. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we can, you know, learn from reading the scriptures, read the scriptures and scriptures, reading read books. books or stuff mm -hmm. like that. Like we can do that. But I think it's definitely much harder just to do it that way. Like those are all good things, but we also were people were created for just relationship with Jesus and with, with other people, with other mm -hmm. humans. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's good to have, and I think a lot of people have had um, other, like whether it's friends, you know, relatives, uh, whoever it may be, people enter their lives and help them along. Yeah. You know, I think you hear that. Uh, most people's story has something to do with other people helping them along, right? right? right. Yeah, and so I, that would kind of be the process of being discipled, right? right? Yeah. I think that's a huge, uh, well, a, a very important point, I would say. Just the, the idea that it's not just me in my armchair becoming a, a good Catholic, that I don't just think my way into discipleship, but it happens in the context of relationship with other people too. Like, um, love, it can be a very theoretical thing when it's, when it becomes very practical and t directed towards another person, it's moving beyond theory into actuality. And so potential love is easy. It's like, I, I'm, I, I'm a pretty loving person. I'm very da-da-da. Uh, I have all these qualities that I'm happy to uh, to talk about. But then when it comes like, do you love your wife? Do you, uh, how do you express your love to her? Do you, I mean, is it all about you or is it about her? Like, you know, when it comes to love and discipleship and relationship with Jesus kind of hits the rubber meets the road or whatever you want to say when we are in communion with other people um, because it's it's lived out then and it's not it moves beyond theory into action and so um, I think when we're with other people we're challenged to grow we're challenged to think differently because we hear their experience or their whatever they're going through and it opens our eyes maybe to something or um, it just gets us out of ourselves which sometimes I think is a good necessary thing yeah Absolutely. And then kind of going to the next part is like once we, um, which I, I also don't want to use like the wording of like once we're a disciple, because I feel like that's, it's not like a, oh, you've, you've passed, go collect $200 yeah. type of thing. You know, it's, you've, you've reached the plateau of <laughs> discipleship. Yeah. Like here's, here's your member card. Like yeah. that's not what it is, even though mm -hmm. I think that's the way that it's, we talk about it a lot. Cause mm -hmm. it's, I don't know, it just makes sense. It's kind of natural to think yeah. about it that way, yeah. but it's not as clear cut. It's, yeah. It's not as clear cut yeah. as that. Um, but you know, you do get to a point where you're like, okay, I'm like, I am, f I'm following Jesus. I'm trying to follow Jesus. And, mm. um, and it seems the Lord is offering my opportunity in this moment, not only to be a disciple, but maybe to invite somebody else. Yeah. 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 Cause I think that's something that we also, uh, I know I have really struggled with is like, okay, well, I don't, um, like I'm, like I'm not a d disciple or like I'm really struggling right now. That means that I can't help other people, mm -hmm. which isn't true. Right? right. And I think that's, uh, so 
it's that's where I think a lot of the maybe mystery of disciple can kind of come in, um, which because it's not such like a clear cut thing and we like to think of like, okay, well, I, if I have to, like we have the saying, like you can't give what you don't have, which to a certain extent is true. You know, I think it was like, yeah, I would maybe like an ID 10 or something like that. Like it is, it is like if we don't know how to pray, it's hard to teach other, someone else to pray mm-hmm. or, um, but at the same time, if we're struggling uh, with our faith, that doesn't mean that we can't, or we're struggling with maybe an, a certain aspect or um, whatever it may be. Like mm-hmm. if we're still learning, that doesn't mean that you can't. Yeah. Because otherwise we'd never be ready, right? Correct. Correct. We're, yeah. We're all learning always. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Always being formed. Yeah. Yeah. And so that that is, um, that's that's definitely, you know, part of being a disciple is, eventually like, helping other people, right? And that kind of gets into more of like the, yeah, working out of like an apostolic mission type of mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and it's interesting too that. It's not like we just at one point decide, okay, now I'm going to start discipling people, and we like start looking around. And we're like, yeah, you you will be my disciple. Like, it's not like how it works, you know. It's like yeah. we enter into friendships typically with people or some kind of relationship with somebody, and then through that sort of organic growing of the relationship, it rubs off on them somehow. You know, like mm-hmm. like they start to take an interest in what we're doing, and we are willing to talk to them about it or we're saying hey you seem interested in this why don't you come with me to this other thing or this and go to mass together or whatever it is you know so i think sometimes we make it harder than it is yeah yeah and i i think sometimes just like changing the word kind of helps like like if you say hey has anyone like discipled you and you're just like um i don't i mean no <laughs> and that, so but no one has schooled me <laughs> but but if you say hey has anyone like kind of mentored you in the faith or anyone that you look up to mm-hmm. as like a mentor that you've learned from um and i and i think that kind of simplifies it a little bit or yeah. brings it um where you're like oh yeah you know this person like i remember like people will say like oh my gr- i remember like my grandma taught me how to or instilled like you know in me the rosary or something like that so like yeah. that could be an aspect of it or um and and i don't think it's always just, just like a oh yeah like this person just like gives me stuff you know mm-hmm. i think it can be like like a back and forth relationship too right, right? right. i would definitely say that, that that's the case for me and my brother priests like the relationship i have with many of them is one of brotherhood or you know it's, <laughs> so it's like there's a mutual enrichment that's happening and it's not just one feeding the other whereas like your bishop or your superior in religious order um oftentimes that relationship is a little bit more like they're providing the guidance mm-hmm. and i might be there to assist them and help them but um it's a different relationship than like a brotherhood or or a friendship or something like that but i think you're right like friendship is very important and if we have good catholic friends or good christian friends that's a really uh, to to be disciples together is is you know a beautiful thing and an encouraging thing. Uh, and I think th- this last point that I have that kind of kind of shows the practicality of what we're talking about, which is looking if you if you just look at kind of how the faith even started and spread, mm. you know, starting with Jesus and then going to the apostles, and then you know for a while we can actually track kind of who 
discipled who, mm-hmm. you know, like along the way down. Um, and I, I don't know if this is confusing either to look look and say, well, like, I thought we were trying to be disciples of Jesus, not disciples of like Paul yeah. or something like that, which I guess I don't know if that, like the, 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 that could be something that I think people could get cut, cut up on. Sure. Or sure. is like, wait, wait, why are we trying to be disciples of Jesus, yeah. but also being discipled by... Because in the scriptures, by, like, oh, you, I'm a disciple of Paul. I'm a disciple of... But yeah, the idea is we come to Christ through others, right? We don't just come to Christ in some kind of void, like, oh, the, the Holy Spirit germ got me, and therefore I'm now a disciple. It's like, it doesn't happen in a void. We, we, it happens through other people, typically. Yeah, it makes me think of the, um, the scripture verse. I think it's, it's first, first Corinthians 11, 1 Corinthians 11.1, or 1.11, I don't know. There's a lot of ones. That's that's all I remember. But it's um, it's Paul and Paul saying, "Be imitators of me as I am of Christ." Mm. And I feel like that's kind of like the perfect way to uh, like explain that type of thing. Is like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm. Uh, if I'm a disciple of Paul, I'm imitating Paul, trying to imitate Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's a good that's a good way that, to like think about. It. You might even think of it like paths, like. So and so is a path. So and so is a path. But all these paths lead to Jesus. You know, like yeah. Um, if if you're if you're a disciple of Jesus, your path leads to Jesus, right? So if somebody else follows your path, hopefully they get to Jesus. If I'm a disciple of Baal or some other idea out there, like I'm going to lead people to that, and so that's not going to Jesus. That's going to other things. And so um, to be a disciple means that my path is going towards Jesus. And if others follow me, then they will also get to Jesus. Yeah. And I think that's good too, because it shows, you know, there is a lot of different paths to Jesus. And that kind of goes back to like, even just us as individuals and what our interests are and Mm -hmm. what our skill set is and Mm -hmm. our charism of like, yeah, it's um, looking at like, yeah, I can't do what Father Mike does, but I can do what I can do. Mm -hmm. And And I see this other person who seems to have my similar, like, abilities or mm-hmm. skills yeah. and I can learn from them to how to best follow Jesus. Right. right, right. I'm really good at cribbage. I can evangelize <laughs> and help people by playing cribbage with them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well that, that, that makes me think of the story of um, uh, blessed Pier Giorgio Frassati, who is a young Italian man. And he, um, he was a big like outdoorsman and he was just like an extrovert kind of a, like mm-hmm. uh, he loved people. And so he would like, he would go um, with his friends and he would, kind of like like <laughs> like barter with them and be like hey if i win this game of pool like you you have to go to mass you have to go to mass with me yeah. and so uh and so he would just like make those kind of bets with his friends and so it looks like yeah you can actually you know yeah. if, if i win you have to become catholic <laughs> <laughs> if i lose uh <laughs> yeah yeah so like there's, the, there's a parishioner there's like that. in in the, the parish i can't remember if i ever said it, but i, I thought it, it was like I should play this guy in foosball, and if I should make a bet, or not a bet, but like a, a pact, like if, if, if you lose, then you have to become Catholic. If, if not, then I couldn't think of, because I'm not a very good foosball player, so <laughs> I was, it, was a, it was too risky. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't think of any good outlet, so. But yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. there's lots of ways. Our interests, our talents, our, you know, the things that we know about can all become means of bringing others to Christ. And I think that's kind of the fun of it is you don't have to be a cookie cutter 
Catholic to, to be a, a disciple or one who brings others to Christ. You just have to be passionate about following the Lord, and the Lord will use your abilities, your talents, your interests to, to speak to others. So when anybody's interested and excited about something, usually it gets people's attention. Not always, but the people who you're going to reach, they'll be excited about the same things. So, yeah. Yeah, that's great. And I think that's a, a great place to, to end uh, today's episode. So um, thank you all for, for listening. Thank you, Father, for joining me and giving, uh, sharing your wisdom with us. And uh, yeah, we will talk to you again next week.